Yeah. So welcome everybody. Some people are still trying to join on Zoom. Let's uh, get those ones. Okay, I think Facebook Live is having some challenges. Just give us a, a bit of time while we're waiting for, waiting for people to join on Zoom. Okay. Welcome, uh, those of us that have joined. Uh, I hope the day was good. Um, I hope the day wasn't stressful. Thank God for his faithfulness. Okay. Yes, so the book of Malachi, uh, it's an interesting book. I'm really excited about some of the lessons we're going to be learning today and uh, how, how, um, how much we're going to summarize this. Okay, yes, we're live now on Facebook and um, on all other platforms. Thank God for faithfulness. Okay, thank uh, Femi, are you in a place you can lead us in prayers? Yes, sir. Can you hear okay. me? Yes. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sir, thank you for today. Thank you for the day. Give the glory of our lives, of our family. We are jotted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we pray together this night to learn whether you will speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will eliminate us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody, once again. And uh, today, we're going straight. I mean, we're going into the book of Malachi. Uh, if you have the pamphlet with you that's on page 96 of the manual we're using okay uh just a few things I, I i hope we'll be able to go through the manual because the manual has got a lot uh, of lessons in there and uh there's a number of things i will have loved i would love us to discuss uh outside the manual maybe we start with those things first then um we'll go into the manual later um malak Malachi, or we'll call Malachi, uh, the Hebrew is Malak, Malak, he. Now, Malak means messenger. So when you say Malak, he means my messenger or my prophet, my, my angel. Some other people, I mean, some uh, translations have used the word my angel. Uh, and there are people, uh, uh, in the in the Bible, who have been described as my Malak, who Yahweh as God has described as my Malak, uh, and Ezra is one of them. Although uh, Malachi is not a name, Malachi is not a real name. is a is a is a description. So, um, so a number of people have uh, most people say the book of Malachi has no author, or the author is un unknown. Not that it has no author, the author is unknown. However, um, some other people, some editors and scholars have suggested that Ezra uh, uh, could be the author of, Ma of Malachi. And why is that? Because um, the, the, the Bible or, 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 or God has referred to Ezra as his messenger, his Malak uh, in the book of Ezra. Uh, and then another thing is chronologically, uh, it, the book is written after Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, or after Nehemiah and Ezra, chronologically. So aside the fact that it's the last book uh, of the Old Testament, uh, chronologically, in, in fairness, it actually was the last book, um, even though Ezra and Nehemiah were arranged uh, after uh, 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 kings uh, and Chronicles, uh, although Kings and Chronicles was the end of the Old Testament in quotes because they were on exile and all the prophets were speaking to them 
prophets that were speaking uh, uh, after the exile were speaking after Kings and Chronicles or some crossed from Kings and Chronicles to into the exile, like Jeremiah, for instance. Uh, Daniel was in the uh, was speaking at the exile. So Ezra was speaking after the exile when they returned, was writing, uh, beg your pardon. So this book was, uh, some have suggested that it's even almost a hundred years after, um, after the children of Israel started returning uh, uh, into exile. That's why some people said, oh, it couldn't have been uh, Ezra that wrote it because Ezra wrote for the building of the temple. Nehemiah wrote for the building of the walls. Uh, so, and this was long after all those. Whoever wrote it, whether Ezra or, or this unknown author, uh, doesn't matter, but we have the book. Um, and okay, let's just uh, look at a few things um, here. Uh, so the book was was uh, written to to challenge the Israelites about their lukewarm attitude, their spiritual lethargy, um, lack of enthusiasm uh, uh, concerning the things of God, and you could see it in the way. Uh, the conversations went uh, all through the book because God will tell them you've been doing this and they will ask back sarcastically in what we are we be doing this? let's let's just go so um uh, uh, the people asked God but like they came back sarcastically uh asking God some questions and then I need us to know, understand this let me also put this fact out there that uh, the book, has uh, 55 verses, and 47 out of these 55 verses are first person spoken by the Lord. So it was the Lord speaking directly, 95% of the book. Uh, so there was no commentary. It was directly the word uh, of the Lord. So let's look at, uh, uh, let, let, let's prove how sarcastic these people were. Uh, they asked about eight questions. So you're going to be helping me read uh, uh, chapter 1, Malachi 1, 1 to 2, then 6 to 7. Someone should just open their Bible and, and, and keep reading. So we'll take 1 to 2. They ask one question there, 6 to 7. Chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, then chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. Who is there? Malachi chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. Yeah. This is the message that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi 2. I have always loved you. Says the Lord, but you retort, Really, how have you loved us? Because you can you see it is, it is kind of sarcastic. Eh, I've always loved you. Eh, eh, that kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, let's go to uh, yeah, verse six. Verse six The Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, His son honors his father. And a servant respect his master. If I am your father and master, here are the honor and respect I deserve. You have shown contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? Do you understand? Like, yeah, with you, like, you know, like you're talking to your son or your or your daughter or your cousin, your younger one. This is what you, you're doing. I don't like. Eh, how am I doing it? What have I been doing? That kind of a thing. Let's go to. Chapter 2, 13 to 14, and then 17. Chapter 2, 13 to 14. All right. 13 to 14, chapter 2. Here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. Verse 14. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because why don't you accept our worship? God is saying, uh, oh, this is what you do in my altar. This is what you do when you worship me. Eh, why are you not accepting our worship? Verse 17. Verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him? You have. Do you understand? It's just like talking back. Uh, let's quickly go to chapter 3, verse 6 to 8, then verse 13. 3, 6 to 8. 
I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decree and failed mm. to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone astray? Jonas, like, hey, God is telling you that you guys have been doing this. You've gone astray. You've done this. Return to me. Hey, how can we return? When we never... Do you understand? They are like, it's, it's more like taunting God. Verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 13. You have, you have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. Mm. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? Like, you can imagine the kind of, so it was a sarcastic taunting. Eight questions they asked, in what way have you loved us? Question number one. Question number two, in what way have we despised your name? Question number three, in what way have we defiled you? Question number four, why didn't you receive our offering? Question five, in what way have we wearied you? Six, in what way should we return to you? Seven, in what way have we robbed you? Eight, in what way have we spoken against you? So they were taunting, like sarcastically replying God. And, I've, uh, and God answered them and, and summarized their fault under three basic things or three major broad ways. Number one, ministry, marriage, and money. Ministry, marriage, and money. So let's just quickly examine these three things. Then, if we have time, uh, I think that will have just been a summary of the book. If we have time, we'll just go through um, these particular uh, uh, the discussions that, that we have in the, uh, in the manual. So areas where they've neglected God or they've ha they have apathy. First, ministry. Um, Let's go to chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, then verse 13. Now, ministry, I, I classify it to both horizontally and vertically. Horizontal ministry is to love each other, man to man, respect each other. Vertical ministry is the ministry we love God. I mean, what we do back to God. So they've neglected their ministry. Let's, let's read those verses. Chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, then chapter 1, verse 13. Who's reading for us? Malachi chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. Okay. Let me read. Okay. 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 Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Malachi chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. You offer defiled food on mm -hmm. my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? Mm. By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. Mm. Go ahead, then verse 13. Verse eight. Eight to eight, seven to eight, then to then verse 13. Okay, verse 8. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? Mm. And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Mm. Would he accept your accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Mm. Then verse thirteen. Yeah. You also say, "Oh, what a weariness!" And you sneer at it. Says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? Says the Lord. Mm. Okay, let's take it one by one. Let's take the, that's verses seven and eight. They do what? They, they approach the table of the Lord. They approach the altar with contentment. I mean, with, where is it? You, you, you've shown contempt. Contempt. They're like, they, 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 uh, what's the other word there? Uh, let, let's look at other versions. Defiled food. Was 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 okay? Pollution, like you, 
we, we, we've polluted the altar. And that is that not happening these days? In fact, it seems that the book of Malachi was written for such a generation as this. And I was reading the book of Ecclesiastes this morning. And uh, Ecclesiastes was saying that everything that happened, Solomon was saying that everything that has happened, uh, that, is, that was happening in his days has happened before. There's not, nothing new under the sun. I'm like, if everything, uh, if nothing is new in the days of Solomon, how, how much more? 3,000 years after, in our own days, <laughs> there's definitely, obviously nothing new. Things have happened, these things have, has, uh, they've all happened before. So they, they, they approach the altar with content, like they, they can't be bothered. And this is, I mean, it's, it's sad that that is also what we do. That is how we do ministry. Uh, 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 this in our day and age, it is very, very, very sad. Now, it, it now goes to verse 13 to say, uh, uh, um, verse 13, you dishonor my name. Okay, no, uh, verse 13 is saying, uh, they said it's too hard to serve the Lord. God is not this bitter jari, ah, brossy, calm down. Verse 13, it's too hard to serve the Lord. And you turn your noses at my commands, says the Lord. I will oh, that one is old school. Oh no, God is not, I mean, uh, what's it called? We have moved forward. Uh, we are sort of okay. Things are happening nowadays. We cannot do that again. We've, haven't we, we've neglected, we're turning and noses and we've neglected the laws of the Lord. So there's also apathy in ministry these days. People just do it like an entertainment. People do it like a business center. And even those of us who are not necessarily pulpit ministers in, in quotes, like church standing in the pulpit, how about what we bring to the Lord? Do we give him the best of our offering, the best of our service, the best of our skills? Is it not the... the uh, what is it called? Uh, the 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 remnants we give unto God. It is when we wake, when we like we wake up and come to churches. When we like we give. Do you understand the apathy these days about the things of God is also very very alarming. So they've they've neglected ministry. Now the second thing they've neglected or they had apathy was marriage. And it's like they don't want to be married. They don't want to stay married. They don't want, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I, I do talk to all these young, I mean, these are young men and women. And you will just find that, in, like, both men and women, nobody wants to really be in a committed relationship or a relationship leading towards marriage. Gone were the days whereby our fathers used to tell uh, our, our, our friends, our sisters in those days that, ah, don't let any man waste your time. Let the man be serious. Uh, if he's serious, he will come and, and uh, come home to ask for your marriage and the marriage, blah, blah, blah. These days, even the ladies don't want to want serious men. Like, even the lady says, he's not serious. He doesn't want, she, he or, she doesn't want a committed relationship. Let the, likewise, the men. So it's, it seems that apathy towards marriage, um, casually ap approaching the issue of marriage, divorcing anyhow. People, in fact, divorce has been made so easy. People are throwing divorce parties now. Divorce is like normal that, uh, but let's try it out. If it doesn't work out, go to court and call it up. So casualty with about the things uh, of marriage. So they've lost the sanctity of marriage. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. Chapter 2, 14 to 16. Okay, chapter 2, verse 14. Yet you see, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, mm. with whom you have dealt treacherously mm. yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant mm. verse 15 but did he not make them one having mm. a remnant of the spirit 
and why one is six godly offspring. Mm. Therefore, take it to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. Mm. Go on, the next verse. Verse 16. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, mm. for it covers one's garment with violence, mm. says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take it to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, when, when, when dealing with the topic divorce, one has to be careful because it's a sensitive uh, topic. It's like, um, it's like dealing with the, with, the with, with, with topic of um, burial or death in the family because divorce is like death. So one has to be careful to balance out, not to, not to sound judgmental or insensitive. So one has to be careful to balance it out. I haven't said that because people can just come out and say, oh, divorce, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, one has to be careful. Um, there are cases where people's lives are at risk and I'll, 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 I'll tell you that um, uh, in a bit. However, why will God say he hates divorce? Why does God hate divorce? Why will God say I hate divorce? Before we answer that question, uh, God was saying that this you and this wife of your youth, look at it. He said, uh, you this is a wife that you got married to by covenant. Why doesn't God accept my worship? I tell you, where is it? Uh, is it verse 14? Yes, because you made uh, da, 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 da. Unfaithful to her, through, though she remained faithful. The last part to, of but yes, 14. Uh, verse fourteen. She's the wife of your marriage vows. Our other version says she's the wife of covenant. Is not, and this is not just wife. I mean, this is not just husband to wife. And these days, you know, so it's also the other. It can be the other way around. I mean, it's almost equally split. So, is your wife of covenant or your husband? Uh, of covenant is not just a casual so they're not seeing that covenant they were not seeing the sanctity of marriage now i mean these days people are not seeing the sanctity of marriage it's it's a casual people are getting married i mean they will, I've, I've heard of cases whereby uh, uh young folks just tell their parents don't worry we'll just get married in the courts i mean Everybody just go to court. Say, I'm old enough. I just want to get married, and they go married. And if it's not working, they just walk to the same court, and <clears throat> nothing. I mean, there's nothing anybody can do about that. It's, I'm, it's, I'm the owner of my life. Blah 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 blah. And he says that. Uh, 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 where, is, where did he say? Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? The uh, the the Hebrew word. Let me let me see if if this can give, get me. The Hebrew word. The Hebrew word for this uh, verse 15, in the Lord make you one. That word, uh, 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 this will not give me the Hebrew word. That word, the meaning of that word in Hebrew is like glue. Didn't God make you glue? Like, didn't God glue you with your wife? Like I do tell people, and like I said, I'm very, very, very careful uh, when talking about this, because it's like talking about someone who has lost their loved one to death. Now, when when God, uh, uh, what's it called? When God, God, when people are joined together in in holy matrimony, when people are joined together in holy matrimony, uh, and they try to divorce, I do tell few people have counseled that you will bleed because you've been glued together. You will bleed. You will bleed financially. You will bleed emotionally. You will bleed morally. You will bleed. Because 
you've been joined together by covenant. You are glued together. So if you try to separate something that has been glued together, you will bleed. Some people bleed to death. Some people bleed. So, and like I said, I'm being very, very careful. And of course, uh, 30 minutes will not be enough to, to treat the issue of divorce and try and balance it. I'll still try and balance it before I finish my point. But let's look at why does God hate divorce? Number one, God sees divorce, God, God sees marriage. The, 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 the way God instituted marriage is to physically describe the relationship he has for us, the relationship between us and him. Marriage is to describe it. And if you look at um, all through uh, the scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament, in the Old Testament, God described his relationship with Israel like a relationship between husband and wife. In the New Testament, God described the relationship between the church and uh, uh, between us, uh, the church, Christ and the church, like a relationship between husband and wife. So God is looking, hoping to get, um, um, how, how do I call it now? God is hoping to demonstrate his love through the institution of marriage. Let's look at a few, a few scriptures. Isaiah 54 verse 5. Can anybody help us? Isaiah 54 verse 5. Another person, Isaiah 62, verse 5. Isaiah 54, 5, 62, 5. Isaiah 54, verse 5. For your maker is your husband. Hmm. The Lord of hosts is his name. Hmm. So and your redeemer is the only one of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Hmm. So God is saying that I am your husband, telling the Israelites. So God is seeing marriage, the institution of marriage, as the same institution, uh, the same relationship between man and wife, man and his wife, as the same relationship between God and his children, God and the Israelites. Let's go to 62.5, Isaiah 62.5. Your children commit themselves to you, O Jerusalem, just as a young man commits himself to his bride. So Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. His bride. So you can see the relationship. So the reason why it pains God is that I want you people to de demonstrate in that your little corner how I demonstrate my love for Israel. Let's go to the New Testament, Ephesians 5, 31 to 32. It's a common scripture. I mean, we read that uh, in almost every word. Man leaves his father and mother. Yeah. He's joined his wife. Yeah. And the two are united into one. Yeah. It's a great mystery. It is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So, uh, although you're a bit uh, low, but let me just paraphrase. Uh, Paul was quoting Genesis for this question: shall a man leave his father and mother and return to his wife and they become one. And it's is now uh, 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 was comparing that relationship between the relationship Christ has with the church. And if you look at the, the also in the book of, uh, in the Old Testament, whenever the, even in New Testament, in Revelation especially, whenever the, the, the children of Israel go to other gods or go to worship other gods, God compared that with adultery. Book of Revelations was talking about the virgins uh, uh, who are not, there are 144 virgins who have not uh, bowed to, to an idol. They were virgins because they've not, They've not worshipped another idol. So it's not necessarily uh, the kind of virginity physically. So God compares his relationship with us, with human beings, with Israel, the relationship between Christ and the church, with the relationship between husband and wife. So God, it pricks the heart of God when marriages don't work. And the devil wants to prick the heart of God. So the devil attack marriages. Now, like I said, I need to be very, very careful and balance things, uh, especially these days. 
there are people whose lives are in danger. Uh, there are people whose, I mean, most of the divorce cases, in all fairness, some of my fathers and mothers will bear me witness. It's just because people, it, it, it happens because people who just find a way out, they just want a way out of marriage. It's not because, it's not mostly because uh, uh, their lives are in danger. It's just because uh, I don't just like her again. I just like him again. We can't, we just have irreconcilable differences. Uh, and maybe I need to say this, uh, and it will help especially our single brethren. Marriage does not make you complete. Contrary to some of the some of the marriage seminars that you've heard, um, you are complete in Christ. It's Christ that makes you complete. In fact, ninety nine percent of 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 married people married the exact opposite. Like like they say, opposite attract. And you see that you do things differently, blah, 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 blah. So if you're coming into marriage expecting your spouse to complete you, no, that's not what the Bible, Bible wants her weaknesses or her strength to complement your weaknesses. Your own strength to complement our weaknesses. You are to complement each other, not complete each other. It is only Christ that completes you. And that's why some people will have told you single guys and, and ladies that um, if you if you are not whole if you are not complete if you are not happy as a single person you just carry your frustration and enter marriage you also always also not be happy you also not be complete or whole in that marriage so marriage doesn't complete you and don't let people put you under pressure and say ah you know you are not complete because you are not married you go and marry so that you can be complete no is you complement each other. That is the intention of marriage. So if you are not um, complete in Christ, you won't find happiness in marriage. So it, it is Christ that completes you. You are whole, you are a, a whole and a happy individual. You meet another whole and happy individual. Then both of you are happy individuals together in the marriage to complement each other's weaknesses. So now I was talking about balancing things out uh, and people will have quoted some of these scriptures I'm about to say that yes, there are, there are two very narrow uh, 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 ways or incidences where divorce is permissible, not commanded. God never commands divorce, has never commanded divorce. But scriptures allow divorce to be permissible. Uh, I think 1 Corinthians 7 and then uh, Matthew 31, if I'm right. I mean, 13, Matthew 13, there about. When Jesus was talking, Moses said, you can issue uh, a certificate of divorce because you're still neck. But I say the only reason is for promiscuity. Number one, if that promiscuity cannot be resolved. One, two, when uh, someone is with an unbelieving spouse and the unbelieving spouse wants to go, that you are not under bondage to leave. But that first Corinthians 7, a few verses before that particular verse, uh, talked about, oh, you can even, uh, and that's this what covers if your life is in danger, if you, that you can stay away for a while, not stay away to divorce. Even the law says it's a Nigerian law. I think the divorce law, uh, lawyers, please help me out, that you, 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 marriages are not dissolved immediately. I think they give them two years, they separate them for two years and see how they will reconcile. Then it is after two years, they see that the differences are irre irreconcilable, that the law now even uh, dissolve the marriage. I think the lawyer wanted to say something. Hey, they said judicial, unmute yourself, judicial what? Okay, so did that first one is judicial separation? Okay, yes. So yes. <laughs> even legally, it's what First Corinthians 7 says you should you should do before you get uh, uh, to divorce. And scripturally, even when you separate. 
praying for the man or praying for the woman of God to touch their hearts. It's not a time for you to start dating. It's not a time for you to start. Uh, I have got an example. You, you, you are in that uh, 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 of form to hoping to work out your differences. That is the scriptural uh, prescription because we need to be balanced. We need to settle things. So if your life is in danger, if your if your health is in danger, I mean nobody should be in an abusive marriage, either physical or mental abuse. There is a you can pray for people. Um, um, uh, don't, I mean, remove yourself from that danger. Not that you go to court to divorce tomorrow. Remove yourself from that danger while you pray, asking God to touch their hearts. So this is just the balance. Um, I mean. One has to be careful and um, you don't, as a mature pastor, you don't go to the house of someone who just loved the loved one and say some prayers anyhow, or you have to be sensitive and balanced. The same way with the issue of divorce. Uh, wow, we have about 15 more minutes. Let me quickly touch the third one. Then maybe we can take some questions and then we close. We didn't even look at... Um, discussions the third one uh the third neglect and apathy is money uh malachi 3 8 to 10 this is a very 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 popular scripture that's the only scripture some of us know when we're growing up to thank about it to use it to sing songs especially if you grew up a typical um traditional mother church ah you sang you sang this thing so please help me read it. Uh, some of you can even read it offhand. I have a lot of pastors <laughs> here. <laughs> Malachi 3, 8 to 10. <laughs> People cheat God. Yeah. Yet you have cheated me. Mm. But you ask, what do you mean? When did he ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Asbun's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Mm -hmm. Crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grace will not fall from the vine, for they are right, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven. Mm. Praise God. So now, this is very, very, I mean, it seems these three things are, are, are some of our challenges uh, this day and age. Uh, money. Uh, and and I, I think, I, I mean, I've done not. I think uh, we've done, we've done the whole series for the whole month for one full month on the issue of tithing and the um, and how it applies to us here you can just search for go on on, on the podcast and search for other tithing or financial intelligence just look at that and listen to that whole sermon uh, but what i would just say um, in this study is that 10 uh, percent is meant to be an act of worship we give because we give ten percent because we want is an is is an is a is a is a way of acknowledging God as our protector and as our provider. Um, it just and then it blesses the remaining ninety percent. But the children of Israel at this point um, they've left uh, uh, payments of tithes. They've they've left all those. They they have this apathy. Uh, uh, against this three, I mean, these things, and uh, it seems the same thing. I mean, the same thing is happening uh, in our day and time. Sadly, uh, people would rather spend on something else. But and like I repeatedly say, because it is an act of worship, because this is what God requires, this is what God wants. Then the devil will have an issue with it automatically so i just want to encourage us um, uh, to worship god with our money so uh, our ministry don't don't let don't let don't let us neglect our ministry marriage the sanctity of marriage and our 
worship of God with our resources. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Do we have um, questions? If I read the conclusion here. Yeah. If we have questions, let's just take a few questions. Praise God. Yes, sir. Uh, my question, some have been answered concerning the domestic abuse. Mm. We've actually watched it. We also have also we also have some spiritual abuse also. Well, I won't be uh, mentioning that. But my question uh, really can you explain spiritual abuse? I don't. <laughs> What's it called? I have seen some kind of situation that the lady entered the marriage wrongly, so she later find out that the man is using his glory, and the lady was going down spiritually, Gals, and it was confirmed, and the man later. <laughs> I, just, I, just like, I just put it like this, like that, and I've seen a close relative that the husband, a pastor, wanted to use as a, a money sacrifice. The lady has to run. Oh God! Has to run. So, uh, so the, my question: What from the from what you first said? Sometimes when we want to solve the problem, we must know and understand the cause. So, what is the cause of this? contents of the to the things of God. When we have contents to the things of God, that is one. What is the cause? Then number two, you mentioned tithe. I know you must have dealt with this. So is it proper to pay tithe to pastor or church? Is it both, is it both right or to pastor or to church? Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I think we talked about this. We mentioned this tithe a little bit last week as well. Very beautiful question. Uh, maybe I should start with the last one. Um, tithes, because we, we've, we've modernized a number of things. Biblically, tithes are meant to be eaten by the pastors or the Levites. It is for their food. In the Bible days, if they want to have a building project, a special project in the, in the tabernacle, he raised a special offering for that. So, um, but now, most churches, in fact, in our church, except you transfer money and you put the narrative, I mean, most churches do electronic transfers. There's only a few churches that have, some churches have a specific account for tithes, another diff different account for offering, just for accountability purposes and things like that. So, for a number of people, they just put this pastor on salary and then the total contribution of the church, they used to pay salaries of everybody, both workers in the church, um, everybody, security, blah, blah, blah. And the remaining, they used to buy fuel in gen, they maintain the church. So the context is a little bit different. So I won't say it is wrong or right, pay to church or pay to pastor, but um from Malachi chapter 3 verse 12 uh, verse 10 that we read uh, it says bring all the tithes into my storehouse um my own interpretation of that is you pay your tithes where you are being fed spiritually where you are being fed so i can support a ministry for instance in Kano or in in Atlanta I can support a ministry, but if I'm attending a local assembly, if I'm attending, if someone is blessing me spiritually, that is the place I should pay my tithe. My own interpretation. So I feel it is wrong to pay your tithes to someone. And the person that, the pastor that is laboring on you weekly, the pastor that is praying for you, the pastor that you will call when you have issues, you, uh, the pastor that is there thinking about you, taking your name to the mountain, just do anything. So my own interpretation of that is you pay your tithe to where you are being fed. Pay your tithe where you are being fed. So that's the answer to that. Uh, the second question, uh, you were talking about spiritual abuse. Uh, please, can you remind me the question you asked about that spiritual abuse? Okay, I have left now. I said 
when sometimes when we want to solve a problem, we must know know the cause. Okay. Yes. 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 Because because of the content of the okay things of God. Yes. Uh, number one, in my these these are my opinions, and I other people can please contribute. Uh, number one, it could be over familiarity. We are too familiar with God. Number two, it could be. Uh, it is also the devil, definitely, because whatever God asks for, that is what interests the devil. In fact, uh, someone said there are more, it seems that the, the, rate, the divorce rate in church is even almost more than the divorce rate in, 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 uh, in the world. And, and the, the institution of marriage is what the devil is really, really targeting. Uh, when I was doing master's in the UK, um, I was, <laughs> thank God I wasn't arrested. Uh, there was a, a, a bishop who came to, uh, we, had, we had a like a joint Christian center, like a, how do I say it now? Oh, the Christian faith as a, a joint center, we had a chaplain. So the chaplain invited this gay bishop to talk about love and how being gay is not, I mean, that bad. I mean, he's a bishop and he's married to a to a man. I, I was angry that hey, this is happening in my in my sakani. So I was angry. Well, I tried to hide my anger so that because I, I will be arrested for for being homophobic. Fact. But uh, when we got there, we that guy. I, I mean, he, he did him in a lovely exegesis on love. What is perfect love? Well, ah, no, 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 no. That guy knows the Bible. Forget it. And I've not even had this much knowledge of theology at that time. So I was using a little bit of agidi and emotional blackmail. But thankfully, I mean, I had a bit of, I mean, I, I still had a bit of biblical knowledge. But thank God I was in that meeting uh, because uh, uh, a number of people that came for that meeting didn't really know their right from their left. So we started looking at, okay, why will Paul say this? Why will, so we started bringing out some. Uh, but how did I, uh, why did I bring that story? Um, people have looked at it that after all, maybe this person did it and they didn't die. The devil has crept into the church. It brought in several, several, several uh, uh, things to dilute the message of God. I mean, if you have a, a bishop and he came dressed in clerical shirts, you know, the way Anglicans uh, dress, he came dressed. So who are you? And then I wasn't even a pastor. I was just a brother. And I've not even gone to seminary. Probably this guy has a PhD in theology. <laughs> so when people could get away with things and try God's patience, it could also lead to this apathy. People just look at it. You know what? It's a big God you didn't kill that one. After all, they got away with it. And let's look at even the Israelites. <laughs> Why would, did they end up 70 years in, in, in captivity or in exile? They've been getting away with the things. God told them to leave uh, a land fallow every seven years. They didn't do it for 490 years and they got away with it. And it was like, you know, I mean, we did it, we got away with it, and they just, so at times, when, when we've been doing things and getting away with it, and, and God is just soaking our cane in crude oil. So that could also be it, but uh, most importantly, we should know that whatever God asks for, the devil is interested in. God asks for worship, the devil is interested. Uh, God says, all that opens the womb is mine. It is that particular child that the devil will be interested in. So we should understand that as well. Whatever God asks for, the devil will want to understand. Those are my few things. Uh, I wouldn't know if anybody has something to add or any other question. Or do you have questions on Facebook? Any other question? Okay. Uh, okay, brief one. My own is more of, uh, okay both uh, question and contribution. So it's about that um, Malachi chapter 
that I think chapter two, yes, still on that uh, the uh, divorce. So mm. I just want to read briefly from this message, message translation, mm. uh, Malachi 2, 13 to 15. And here is the second offense. You fill the place of worship with your whining and sniveling because you don't get what you want from God. Do mm. you know why? It's simple. Because God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your young bride and now broken those vows, broken the faith bond of vowed companion, your covenant wife. God, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does he want from marriage? Children of God, that's what. So guard the spirit of marriage with you. Don't mm. cheat on your spouse. I hate divorce, says the God of Israel, God of angel, I says. I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. Mm. So watch yourself. Don't let your guard down. Don't cheat. Mm. One make here is that, okay, the reason why God created marriage is to to give to give i mean to give back to good offspring so that's why it make made us one as husband and wife so which means divorce hello not going to offspring so that's why yes go ahead we lost so that's, why, that's one reason yeah. okay so that's Okay, I hope it's not only me. Being a hello, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead now. Okay, okay. So one question I want to ask here is that at what point, at what point is this a joining on of one flesh? Uh, we know nowadays people try to say, okay, I won't do court marriage. I will only do traditional. I will do traditional church i will do church i won't do this okay there are different so which of these actually makes us one one flesh and uh, okay for someone that uh, for example in some marriages some people they actually went through the court marriage everything mm. but they were barren maybe barrenness setting or something like that mm. they did not give birth to any offspring at all and mm. at one point they saw no reason to be together again. So what really brings about a one flesh? Is it... The church point, is that glue? What point does that glue really set that okay. makes it inseparable? That, okay. that now gives people justification to say, that after all, we are not one. So we can mm. we can separate. Okay, thank you very much. Um, we need to also understand context. Uh, I, I get that fact that some people will say it's just court wedding. It's not. It's just church wedding. It's blah blah blah. Uh, church wedding, court wedding, church wedding, traditional wedding is just uh, traditional wedding, traditional wedding, and traditional wedding. What we call church wedding is just English traditional wedding. We need to understand that um, it is the wedding, the, the the what is called marriage in your look. Okay, uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes. yes. I was saying. I was saying. Um, what? Whatever. Whatever is marriage in your local culture, what God is talking about. Whatever your local culture calls marriage. So either it is what we call in Nigeria traditional marriage and then white wedding. White wedding is not because you are wearing white. White wedding is because it's the traditional marriage of the white man. That's why it's called white wedding. So, because God is there, God is the is the third uh, uh, is the cord, third cord 
a thoughtful cord in that marriage. So wherever you do it, do it under the ocean, you know, under the palm tree, in your village, in the cathedral, you've been joined together. So, um, and I think I also need to say that the third reason for marriage, the third and the, and the least reason for marriage is for procreation. The first reason for marriage is for companionship. Second reason is to, to curb lust so that each person can have their, their spouses. The third is children. Yes, God will bless our marriages with children. Those who are waiting on the Lord, the Lord will answer them, the Lord will give them children. But that is not, we, we, need, to, we need to move away from cultural pressure. That is not the main reason for marriage. Companionship, that's it. Companionship to cure uh, sexual loss, sexual desires, and then children. So once we understand this, children, not being able to have children, should not be the reason why marriages are, are dissolved. No, that is not biblical at all. That is not biblical. So uh, that is what I will say about that. There's a question. I hope I was able to answer that. Before we go, there's a question on Facebook. Uh, is it Mr. Now or Pastor? Kayode Samuel Emmanuel says, please help me to juxtapose this Bible verse with marriage does not make you complete. And two will become, will come together and they shall become one. I think oneness here is talking about wholeness and completeness. Help me explain it better. More grace and anointing. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, let's just quickly, quickly, quickly look at Colossians. Let me see. Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. He said, you are complete through your union with Christ. That is what NLT says. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. It is Christ that makes us complete. It is not our spouses. It is not your husband. It is not your wife. That's not the person that makes you complete. You are whole with Christ. But what the Bible is saying, where it said the man and the woman will come together and become one, not that they will become complete. They are no longer two flesh. It's not that they were half, half before, no. They become one. They no longer think double. They no longer, there's no longer I or that's our own. This is my own. Again, it is this is our own. We is together. We are now together. Not that we are now whole, or not that we are now whole, that we've been missing before. And you know, we've been we've used several missing rib, blah, blah, blah. If I have a if you have a missing rib, the rib itself should not be functional if it is just to fix to complete uh, a missing rib on my side. So we complement each other, not complete each other. It's Christ that makes us whole. Christ makes us complete. We are complete in Christ. So that we don't put our, our spouses in the place of God. And it's a jealous God. <laughs> it's a jealous God. We, we are complete in Christ. Christ makes us whole. You can be single. Some people have been given the, the gift uh, of singleness. Some have been given the gift of singleness. Some will never get married. That doesn't mean they are not whole. If you are Christ, you are whole. You are complete. For marriage, marriage makes us, uh, just makes us complement each other. Marriage makes us complement each other. I hope I was able to answer your question, sir. Uh, Brother Coyote, thank you very much. Okay, any other question? Any, let me see. Any other question on Zoom or on uh, Facebook? Okay, I hope we've been blessed today. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, two of our mommies com commented on Facebook. Mommy Christy Dada, thank you very much. Well done, Pastor. More of God's great, God's anointing upon your life and ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. And my mommy, uh, uh, mommy Debbie, 
Tolonju. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you very much. Uh, she, she's in the States, I guess. Uh, thank you very much. It's humbling and uh, very, very humbling to see that our grandmas and our mummies uh, are always tuning in. Mommy Tayojo tuned in on Zoom. I think uh, the network has logged that off as well. Thank you very much, Saz and Mas, and our brothers and sisters, my Aburos and my Egbons, for always uh, tuning in. Let's just say a word of prayer as we close. I hope there are no more questions. We'll see you uh, next week by God's grace. Sophia, are you in a quiet place? Please close the meeting for us with a word of prayers. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Lord and our God, we appreciate you for a refreshing time in your presence. Thank you for your dealings with us in our past meetings and even that of today. We thank you for opening our hearts to the deep things of your word, be that exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Call all the hearts and we pray. Jehovah, let this word make us change persons in the name of Jesus. Amen. We ask, O oh Lord, Father, that you uphold our homes, uphold us as individuals, uphold our marriages, uphold your church in the name of Jesus. Amen. Cause us to go in the strength and the might of this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, Amen. because you have heard and answered us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Uh, those of us in Abuja, we see Saturday for evangelism and then on Sunday, 8 o'clock for our church service. Have a wonderful evening and thank you for tuning in. Sorry, we are about eight minutes behind schedule. Sorry about that. I hope you were blessed. Okay, enjoy the rest of your evening. Good night. Good night.